0: This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 38.
1: You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the
2: right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online.
0: All right, everybody, this is Josh Dorkin, your host, of the bigger pockets podcast, here with my co host Brandon Turner. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Josh, what is going on in Josh World? <laughs> <laughs> Josh World. What?
3: Uh, I like to represent the <laughs> lollipopkins The lollipopkins
1: You sing in Josh World. That's good. Is that good? You've been around your kids too much.
0: Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah, now things are good, man. Things are good. You know, show continues to do well. We, uh, our last podcast was insane, man. Show, show 37 with Aaron Mazzarillo got got a, just a ton of amazing feedback. Uh, yeah. uh, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I think that was our biggest show to date. So I think it was. Yeah, I think so it was. if anyone's listening and you haven't listened to it, you're missing out.
0: You are. You are. But yeah, man, things are good. Life is good. Work is good. You know, killing it. How about you? Uh,
1: about the same. I'm working on a, uh, a deal right now, and uh, we'll talk about it in the podcast today. But yeah, I'm excited. So
0: fantastic well lots of luck with that lots of, so listen we we are uh, we're now at 425 reviews in iTunes uh, that includes 412 five star reviews and and we want to thank everybody so much for for doing that yeah uh, if you're a regular listener and there's now like 13,000 plus of you uh, yeah, yeah and you haven't yet left us a review please take take a minute and run over to uh, to iTunes and leave us a uh, an honest review and honest uh, ratings there. Don't we, run, uh,
1: though. Walk over to iTunes and leave a review.
0: Can you actually walk to iTunes? Right?
1: <laughs> you can walk to iTunes.
0: Yes, you can. So, yes, there there, there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Also, listen, our, our quote contest, uh, last week's winner was uh, David Moore. Twitter handle is at one called David. And uh, he shared the quote from last week's show if you can't find a buyer, it's probably not a deal. So Dave won a free six-month Pro membership on BiggerPockets, uh, which which means he can now fully use the marketplace, get a snazzy new forum signature, he can uh, see who's checking out his uh, his uh, content, his uh, see who's visiting his profile, and a whole lot more. Uh, and you can find out more about Pro Count over at biggerpockets.com/pro. So big congrats to Dave for that uh, that. Uh, trial yeah 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 um, alright so we're gonna do this same contest again this week uh, for your chances to win six month a uh, six month free trial of the pro membership be sure to listen for awesome quotes today and uh, simply share your favorites on Twitter Facebook or G plus and be sure to include the hashtag bigger pockets when you leave the quote and uh, we'll find you and one of you guys will win another free six month trial to bigger pockets pro Cool. All right. Uh, With that, why don't we get on to the show. On today's show, we're going to sit down with Travis Daggett. Uh, Travis is a real estate investor from Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Travis has been investing full-time for for, uh, a a couple of years now. and Although he focuses primarily on wholesaling, he's going to actually teach us a ton of stuff about buying property no matter what kind of investing you're in. It's definitely a higher level podcast today with an overload of uh, really good information. So uh, you're definitely going to want to grab a pen and paper and get ready to uh, sit down and take some notes.
2: Did you know that short and medium term rentals often offer double the cash flow compared to long term rentals? Well, it's true. And rental retirement just made investing in them easier than before. Now you can buy fully turnkey short and medium term rentals that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed. Maximize your cash flow, appreciation and equity while the rental retirement team takes care of all of it for you. Plus, their creative financing options like interest rate buy downs can get you a rate in the low fives. And their investor loans let you buy multiple properties with as little as 5% down, not 20%. 5% 5% down. But why buy with Rent to Retirement? They're investors just like you and me and rock one of the highest reputations across bigger pockets with more five-star reviews than any other company on our site. And I think that's a pretty big deal. To learn more, visit rentorretirement.com. That's rent, T-O, retirement, Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. It's a simple concept, right? But not necessarily an easy concept. Right now, high interest rates have crushed the real estate market. Prices are falling and properties are available at a discount which means Fundrise believes that now is the time to expand the Fundrise Flagship Fund's billion-dollar real estate portfolio. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in minutes by visiting fundrise.com slash pockets. Fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the Funds prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement
0: and uh with that why don't we jump into the interview
2: all right
0: all right travis welcome to the show man let's just ditch this uh this comedian <laughs> here and get going what's going on man how are you
1: thanks appreciate it thanks yeah. guys yeah no problem we're glad to have you here
0: we are indeed we are so so who are you man what uh what do you do
4: yeah travis daggett uh real estate investor do wholesaling fix and flipping a little bit of uh Several different things, but those are the main things. No, okay.
0: excellent, nice, nice. How long have you been doing that for?
4: Uh, Full time, December of two thousand eleven. So almost two years.
0: Oh, nice. nice. And uh, prior prior to that, what were you doing with yourself?
4: Something totally different. Uh... <laughs> not not in real estate at all. Huh? <laughs> the the,
0: the interview for... is clearly going the wrong
4: direction. <laughs> uh, and now for something completely different. Yeah, I was doing. Um, sales training for an insurance company okay not really related at all
0: nice and, and how'd you how'd you decide to get into the game and 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 how did it all go down
4: well uh, one of the best things happened to me in that's uh, February of 2011 um, the company I mean it was a big company uh, a bunch of people they laid off about a quarter of the staff me included and uh, it was really. It was good because it forced me to do something different instead of staying in the same job that I didn't like for 40 years. Yeah. I was traveling, I mean I mean, I'm married, three kids, young kids, I was gone two weeks at a time. It was not good. Gotcha.
0: <clears throat> yep. Gotcha. So so you got laid off, you had to figure out what to do, and yep. decided real estate was the way to go.
4: Yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of experience. I had a condo that I rented out. Uh, you know, we lived in, moved, rented it out, um, had a duplex. We lived in one side, rehabbed it, uh, moved in the other side, rehabbed that, rented out, you know, the other side nice. a little bit. But that was pretty much it before that. Gotcha. It, it was gotcha. that technically
1: like your first deals in real estate was just kind of accidental, just like that.
4: Yeah. And. I guess uh I mean talk about tips. one of the first tips is uh your average real estate agent, and i mean nice guy, great guy meant well, but uh, didn't really have the investor mindset, so he said, "Hey, you know, when you move, just rent this place out, and the rent will cover the mortgage payment <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. you know so, so oh great sounds sounds good, and uh no out that it wasn't good
0: you. <laughs> so, so you 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 kind of went forward with following that advice so to speak and mm-hmm. and and didn't know any better of it and and uh ultimately well you know living there obviously you you saved on uh you know you, you took a chunk out of out of some of the uh cash flow by by renting the other side eventually but but yeah as a deal it was not a good one is what you're telling us
4: well i was talking about the condo yeah next oh you're talking Newplex. about the condo
0: yep
1: oh Goodness. <laughs> Ignore Josh. He's uh drinking, as we said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, really quickly as 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 uh you know, you, you mentioned that and and I do want to plug uh this amazing guide that we put together, which is the I think it's some called something to the effect of the the agents guide to ultimate agents guide to working with real estate investors. Uh we'll put a link to it in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show thirty-eight, I believe. And um it's it's all about if you're a real estate agent or if you're an investor and have agents that you work with, how how these agents can better understand investments. And, and so if you know any invest uh, any agents, make sure to send this thing to them because we don't want any more of that happening. That's not good.
3: <laughs> uh, agreed.
4: Yeah. Agreed. And I'll just piggyback on that, that article. Great article. We can talk maybe more. That's more up to date on the story. But, uh, you know, I use that with with agents and it's it's great, especially how to really calculate cash flow. I mean, that's what we're talking about right there, right?
1: Yeah. yeah and, th- and that's just it. A lot of agents just don't know. So I had an agent one time, kind of unrelated, but uh, he told me that I was the cause of like that I was contributing to the cause of the bad economy back when the economy was bad that I should, cause I wanted to offer low on some property. And he told me I need mm-hmm. to raise my offer because I'm hurting the economy. Like nice. me personally, I'm going to help the economy by paying tens of thousands of dollars more. So, wow. Yeah. I don't and, actually work with him anymore, but you
4: didn't know that you were buying uh, for Blackstone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 He, I think he wanted me to, uh, yeah. Single-handedly turn the economy around, but you know, anyway, so yeah, I definitely, I do want to talk more about that, uh, working with real estate agents because, uh, that's actually Travis, how you and I got connected was, uh, we were talking to the private message system about that. So we'll hit that up. Cause I know, yeah, like you said, that comes later in the story. So uh duplex. You you bought the condo followed by the duplex. Uh did the duplex work out better than the condo then in cash flow-wise?
4: <laughs> so less a lot of lessons learned there. <laughs> so we lived in one side, inherited the tenants, and you know, big mistake, right? We just made a ton of mistakes there. But um so the, the tenants there was just kind of uh pay whenever you can mm. for the previous owner.
3: Nice.
4: And so we just started headbutting with them right away and the you know if someone wants to live in one side and rent out the other great that that's good for them for us boy you know we couldn't use a property manager uh because we were living on one side they wouldn't manage just the other side so you really have no escape right i mean you're living right next to them so any problems they're they're at your door yeah and that was a long, drawn out process getting them out, and um, I mean, police were involved. And
0: nice. Just, you know. Hey, man, I've been there.
4: I've been there, so that's
0: yeah. all, I think most <laughs> most of us have. I, I think, uh, but, yeah. but but uh, you know, so so you mentioned living next to to your tenants. A lot of our interviews have have been with folks who've who've done that. Yep. And in many cases, you know, they say it's fantastic. It's a great way to train. You want to do it because that's how you learn how to be a landlord. Mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical of it. I I think in theory it's great. Um it's a good way to kind of train if you have the right people in there. If you have the wrong people, as you've experienced, it can be an absolute nightmare.
4: Yep. Yep, you got it. Yeah. Uh made mistake. I mean, we over that's one of the things, too, that it, in my mind kind of blurs things is when you're living there, you're rehabbing it to a different level as a rental. Yep. So when we ended up doing the numbers, we had over rehabbed the whole place, both sides. And the cumulative effect was, you know, we had way too much in. Yeah. Yeah. And then this was oh seven oh eight, So our arm shot up. We had an adjustable rate mortgage. Yep. And so, thankfully, I mean, it was it was really a blessing. We got out of it, you know, broke even, and got to move on down the road. But yeah, a lot of lessons with that one. Nice. Right, Matt,
1: and that's what's cool about that, though, is that you you did something. You know, you move forward. You did it. It didn't work out necessarily the way that you know the the TV shows make it look out. But uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't lose money, and you got a, a ton of lessons that have probably helped you out since then. All right. So after that, then you got rid of that property. You sold it. You you know broke even like you said um i guess what what came next that was when you saw the job correct mhm
4: okay yeah right so uh i was working at that company and then uh february 2011 laid me off and i mean i was i was so excited i remember calling my wife from the the hotel lobby saying it's great they they fired me laid off whatever you want to call it i mean i didn't do anything wrong it was just cut back. And, uh, so I was going to school, uh, for accounting at the same time online. And I remember, you know, I kept going through those classes and and studying, but I just, I just didn't really feel like I wanted to keep going and go work in downtown Portland as an accountant. Uh, and so I started going to seminars, every real estate seminar I could find. Um, and reading books and just kept doing that taking people out to lunch that were had any kind of real estate investing experience nice and asking them um i mean i stopped the guy that was driving to the apartment complex by our duplex and and he had a nice car didn't belong in the apartment complex and it turned out he owned the place nice and took him out to lunch and just asked questions
1: that like if i could jump in there i mean that is so yeah. That is so cool what you just said there because most people don't – I mean most people think about I'm going to take somebody out to lunch. We hear that all the time, right? And you think of like yeah. taking out like, I don't know, the the big huge investors that are maybe like training or teaching or the coaches or the gurus, whatever. Uh, but just, yeah, finding the guy down the street who's the landlord. I know that's how I did it. I, I became friends with my best friend's landlord and he became my like biggest mentor like uh, for the last seven years now. And uh, wow. yeah, so yeah quick tip there for people yeah just find out who the neighbor's landlord is and get to know them and
0: brandon <laughs> brandon really wants you to take him to lunch so you know
1: <laughs> yeah come out to montesano uh, podunk washington and we'll get two
0: hours sh- from the nearest apple store <laughs>
1: two hours from the yeah. nearest apple store really in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah it yeah a- a- we'll anyway see. yeah so anyway moving on i just had to throw that in there so uh all right let's keep going with your story here so you uh Started going to these seminars, taking people out to lunch, learning everything you could, books, uh what next? Mm-hmm. How'd you kind of get into your first actual like deal then?
4: Yeah. So I I mean, I know we're not big on uh on gurus and the hype and everything, but for me, uh it just kind of shortened the learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I got some coaching, got some mentoring. Um I got a HUD house in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, got an offer accepted. Why? And well, the, why there? there uh,
2: no I just there? started
4: shotgunning offers in some different states, and uh, you know, again, I, I'm not sure this is what I do if I was starting today, but it's <laughs> what I knew how to do. And uh, so, is this is this house Cresthaven Road? It was listed for thirty five thousand bucks, and I got an offer accepted for seven hmm. thousand.
0: So uh, that's a little reduction there, huh? Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, had another real blessing. The agent that was uh, that had put the offer in for me was just superstar, one in a million agents. Uh, family had a property management business. They managed several hundred properties of their own and some for some other people. And he'd been buying and selling at the courthouse for years, so he he knew investing. So he said, "Hey." I can find a buyer for you for this deal, you know, today and just a a wholesale cash buyer. So that first property, you know, I got it for seven, sent in a $500 deposit to HUD and we did a back-to-back or simultaneous closing and they just sent me the difference, sold it for 17,000 and they just sent me the difference. So all I had out of pocket was 500 bucks.
0: Nice. So, and and how long did that take for him to find you the buyer and and you guys to do the close?
4: Well, he had a buyer within a few days, but HUD takes 30 to 45 days to close regardless.
0: Okay. And I I, I wonder if that's going to change now that the government is closed for business.
4: (laughs) (laughs) They already closed? Uh, Today, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: I think today they're officially... So I I heard they're laying off a bunch of their... And I mean, this is going to be old news to people probably when they listen to this podcast, but... I hear they laid off a bunch of their staff and everything's going to get slow, which is uh, another reason I wanted to talk to you today, Travis, because I'm working through a HUD deal right now, too. So I know you have some HUD experience and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, Sure. Um, so what do you think, I guess, how did that actually happen? I mean, you put an offer into HUD and this, again, with my experience of working right now, HUD is being very strict on what I have. For example, how did, how did you get uh, proof of funds? like HUD wants to see proof of funds, I, I assume, or they mm-hmm. asked me anyway, like, how did you show them proof of funds? Did you just give them a bank account or?
4: Yeah. So I was starting with my own money, which is again, another reason I was offering in, in mobile, you know, cause they got cheap houses. Yep. So I figure, even if I have to close on the place at seven grand. Okay. So yeah, just copy my bank statement. Okay. That was it. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, I, I just think it's weird. I mean like, it's it's cool but weird just to think about like a place you've never been. I don't know if you've been there, but like you don't live there, you just shotgun an offer at this random place. Like you said, you don't know if you recommend that, but I I, I don't know if I see any major downsides other than wasting, uh, you know, an agent's time if you're not prepared to close. If you didn't have that money, um, mm-hmm. I could see that being an issue, but no, yeah, that's cool. So- I I
0: worry I worry about that. I mean, I, I I think you know I don't know where you you heard to do that. I I think. You know, I think just blindly uh, making offers on property and, you know, podunk anywhere or <laughs> be- because it's cheap is, is probably something that I'd strongly advise against. Uh, you know, not having infrastructure, not ha- potentially not having buyers. I mean, if, if your agent didn't come through for you, you, uh, I mean, you might have been left holding the bag on this thing and who knows what would have happened, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you, you probably would have been stuck.
4: That's right. The only thing I would say that mitigated the risk for me was the, you know, 7,000, the the percent of the, of the price. Yep. But I agree with everything that you said right now, you know, it'd be no big deal for me because I've done it a dozen times. But yeah, the first one I probably would have been just throwing my hands up saying, what am I going to do now?
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And, and since we're talking about HUD, why don't, why don't you, you know, fill, fill folks in here, you know, what, what is HUD? You know what? Why are people searching for HUD deals? Where, you know why are there opportunities with with these uh, HUD homes?
4: Well, HUD uh, housing and urban development is just a loan, an FHA loan, that they took back. So, you know, if you go to the courthouse, most of the the bids end in a credit bid. The lend meaning the lender just takes them back, and then they're HUD. They're a HUD house, and just like most things the federal government does, they don't do it well in, in other words <laughs> like i mean marketing everything that's gonna uh, be a treatable
1: works- topic for this show mo- mo- <laughs> yeah. most things the government does oh, is that the word yeah they don't do well
4: anyway yeah yeah so uh which works to our advantage because they don't do a good job marketing it they generally hire the the lowest performing agent in the area um who just expects to get paid for doing nothing so uh the property, the nice thing about them, I mean, there's a lot of things about them that lend themselves to uh, being good for investors. They do uh, kind of an inspection. It's only as good as the guy that looks at them, of course, yeah. or the lady. But they give you more than just what you have usually, which is nothing. So they'll check out you know, the roof, the maybe electrical, plumbing, stuff like that, depending on whether utilities are on. They make up a little report for you. Um, they take pictures. They tell you how much they think everything's going to cost to fix. I mean, again, really, really basic, um, not final number type of stuff. But they give you more than you'd get normally. Yeah. And each place, you can bid on it daily. So it opens and ends at midnight.
0: And where would you bid on a HUD home? Where does where does that happen?
4: hudhomestore.com.
1: hudhomestore.com.
0: Does, does, does
4: an agent have to
1: do that or can just an investor without a license do it?
4: Yeah. Agent.
0: Okay.
1: And do you have your yeah. license? I meant to ask nope. you that earlier. Okay. Nope. So your agent goes on, bids for the house. And uh, if you win it, great. You get to you know close on the property. Now, I, I know there's something, um, can you explain a little bit about like, uh, they don't always open it up for investors right away, right?
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like Fannie, um, you know, HomePath, first look or something they call it. But uh, yeah, it's 30 days usually. Yeah. They make, they give it to homeowners first. Yeah, so.
0: Got it. so anybody can go on I, I just pulled it up while we're sitting here and pulled up Colorado and there's a list of uh, you know all these exclusive extended there's there's uh, five pages of of properties available in the mm-hmm. state of uh, Colorado and essentially I would just find one that I like and and call an agent and say, hey this is uh, this looks like a deal you know let's put put some offers in now what what do you typically offer at I mean are you are you getting? significant discounts below what you would pay for say an REO or or other types of properties or or is it pretty pretty uh pretty much similar
4: It's a good question you know uh one of the books I probably the best book I've ever read real estate investing is flip one of the uh yeah. Keller Williams Rick yeah is that yeah. who it is yeah yeah and uh millionaire real estate investor and they talk about you know the funnel so I was doing the the strategy of making a ton of offers and then seeing what comes back as opposed to doing a lot of due diligence up, up front and then, um, you know, making fewer offers. So uh, a lot of offers means low offers, right? Yeah. So that's, that's what I've done with the HUD. Just make low offers, see what comes back and then conduct the due diligence. And by comes back, I mean a counter, what you get a counter on.
1: Now, do you know, are there any requirements for HUD homes like, uh, the reason I asked this, a guy, that the HUD home I'm working on right now, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but they said that if I don't fulfill, like if I don't buy, even though I have a, I think I even put a financing contingency in there, they said it doesn't matter, I lose my earnest money. Have you seen that before? Is that normal or is that just with me? They said they won't, like they're going to keep my earnest money no matter what because I'm an investor. Have you heard they that? They just don't
4: anymore? like you. It's that, you know, like, <laughs> the beard. They, I, they, they clearly it is know. the beard. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's it. Investors, you're not getting it back. Okay. Just forget about it. Yeah, that's what forget I thought. Forget about it. <laughs> so it okay. is definitely,
1: you can't just, on a normal wholesale deal, you just put on all these clauses like, oh, I'm going to, you know, on a weasel clauses, they say. Uh, okay. So with a HUD home, you kind of have to know you're going to get it, right?
4: Mm-hmm. You're not going to sign it. Yeah, no signing. You're going to close on it you're not going to close on it and a close on it could be simultaneous, which is basically an assignment, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: So um, real quick for those who don't know, why don't you just kind of explain the real basic, what is the difference I guess between an assignment and a simultaneous
4: close or a double close or. I guess, what yeah, sure. Else? Um, I mean in full disclosure, I've never done an assignment, but I know of course I understand it. That's where you just get a property under contract. And you would just put uh you know my case Travis Daggett and or assigns, and I tie it up for seven thousand. I go out and find a buyer for seventeen, and then I just assign the contract to them um and probably I wouldn't give the seller five hundred bucks, you know I'd probably give him you know less yep. uh, you know
0: and when do you get bucks. paid when you do that?
4: Well, you get paid when you assign the contract to him, so you get paid from the from the buyer that, uh, from the end buyer, they're just paying you a fee.
0: And you're not doing that a title or, title or anything. You're just like, Hey, at a coffee shop. Here's the assignment, put, put your name in, give me a check, cashier's check.
4: Uh, and again, I, I mean, I yeah. honestly I haven't done it. Uh, I would probably, if I was the buyer, I'd probably want to do it at, uh, title. You know, at the title company. It's I've a, heard it's people doing it both table. ways. Yeah, I've yeah. Heard both ways. And, yeah. uh,
1: yeah. it's just, I think a lot of that is a relationship. If you have a good relationship mm-hmm. with your buyer, they'll probably be fine giving you the check, but they're going to want to make sure it closes. Things go wrong. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. but yep. and
1: then on the other hand, a double close or a simultaneous close is what
4: would, what would that be? So if you use the same uh, title company or closing attorney, then really, and if they've done it before, then it's no big deal. So they're just saying, Hey, look, I can see that, that Travis is buying it at seven. And I can see that we have a buyer here. They already I have everything from them, and they're buying it at seventeen. So clearly, Travis doesn't need to send in seven thousand dollars. He can, you know, we can send him the difference between the seventeen and the seven. So that's that's an ideal simultaneous closing where they're just sending you the difference. They're <laughs> closing on one, then closing on another.
0: Yeah. Now that's the ideal. What 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 about the non-ideal?
4: Well, there's one where uh, the buyer didn't, they want to use their own closing attorney. So it really would have been a simultaneous closing, but they said, Hey, we want to use our own. So, I mean, it took a day or something. Gotcha.
0: Now do you have to pony up the cash and how do you do that? If, if you don't have it on hand?
4: Yes, yeah, so you do have to pony up the cash. Boy. Um, I haven't, haven't had to do that, but I, you know, I guess you'd use a transactional funder Yeah. you could yep. find somebody yep. and pay him 2,500 bucks. Yep to
0: do that. Yep. So there yeah, there are transactional funders that that's that's kind of the job. That's their role, you know, you need that super 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 short term cash and it comes at a very high price. Yeah. 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 Right on. Oh, very cool. So now so you you you're wholesaling these hud homes obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh which is which is very cool. Um do you have any I guess tips for for dealing with with hud as an investor, you know, what what would you say you know, are there headaches that come with with putting offers on these HUD homes? Anything that people need to look out for, or, or you know, jump in a little bit here?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's there's books on it, and there's gurus that have done training on it.
0: Well, I'm asking you, though. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. you know, not. I'm not asking the guys who aren't doing it. I'm asking <laughs> the guy who's actually doing it.
4: Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was one the other day that. Uh, I guess thing to watch out for is we've seen the inspections go down in quality the BPOs so uh, you'll look at a an amount of repairs needed and maybe it says a few thousand bucks and you're thinking oh all right it's just paint and carpet um, this this place had a hole in the ceiling in the kitchen <laughs> I mean it just look I mean it looked like aliens when they go in there to <laughs> rescue the people and it's just you know it's I mean it was Stuff hanging out all over <laughs> so somebody went in there and said yeah yeah just you know it needs this and that and they didn't even mention the, the hole in the ceiling nice <laughs> nice yeah so that is so, a concern if
0: you're
1: if you're a house now like virtually like from distance like you were doing yeah. how do you deal with that
4: well so i mean first of all you're making the law offers see what you get a counter on then when you get a counter uh just like you do any in time um Cause your, your first offer shouldn't get accepted or it's too high. Right. Yep. Um, so you get a counter and then you start checking the house out. So then you run comps. Then maybe if you got a contractor or two or three that, uh, you know, there, maybe get them to check it out, say ballpark, what they think, uh, you know, get an agent to, to give you comps. Then you say, okay, now how much can I pay for it? and then you can go back with a with a counter or a new offer.
0: But but of course you can't do that if you're making an offer at mm, let me throw a dart at the wall. Oh yeah, there's a property and right. it's cheap. So, you know, in in that case, you're I mean, you know, even though you potentially are putting a low ball offer in, I mean, there's that risk level is really high.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I just used a, I kind of built my team as I went. So, when I got that offer accepted, then I built everything around that. And as a result, most of the deals I've done have been, have been in mobile.
0: Oh, okay. okay, so yeah. you you basically decided, hey, I got this first deal. I'm gonna stick around.
4: Yeah, and that agent just turned out to be a great partner.
0: Right on. Wow, oh, that's yeah. great. That's great. Um, so, so Brandon had said you had mentioned uh, to him something your quote HUD strategy. You know, can mm-hmm. can you uh, can you talk about that? What what's your HUD strategy?
4: Yeah, the, the HUD strategy is just. Uh, making those low offers a lot of them and you can make them every day if you want uh, because it begins and ends the bidding period begins and ends at midnight so you can make an offer and the next day you make a little bit higher offer and a little bit higher till you see what they counter at and they'll tell you hey this is the minimum we'll take well it's not really the minimum that, that they'll take because we've seen them say the minimum we'll take is x and then the next day, they take an offer of ours lower. Nice,
0: interesting. So, 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 are you saying? Let's say I see a property listed. I'm going to pull it out in Detroit. yeah, oh, okay. you know, we like. I wouldn't Detroit. bid there. Yeah. Well, many people wouldn't, but you know, Detroit. Yeah. So, say it's ten thousand bucks. There's a property in Detroit, and you know, you think it's worth say twenty five hundred bucks, and you put an offer at twenty five hundred bucks today, and they say no. Um, uh, they'll come back and they'll say our minimum is is say nine five right and the next day you go in at twenty five hundred fifty and they mm-hmm. you know I mean you can keep be- beating them on the head now your agent is is continuing to put in offers for you at the these low ball prices yeah
4: yeah, but when we get a counter, there's no need to keep making offers because we know what the minimum they'll take is,
0: but you just um, said that that minimum is not not legit right i mean you're you're still under under so okay so right. you came in at at 25 they say well they say 95 What what's your response at that point
4: well we know that we're not even close because we know they'll take about uh, another 15 12 9 off somewhere in there okay so we know hey we're not even close we won't we won't bid on that until they drop the price got it yeah. Got it.
0: So you'll watch for them to to drop on that property, mm-hmm. and uh, ho- hopefully you get it within range of that twenty five hundred that you think it's worth. You got
4: it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. So we. But I wouldn't bid in Detroit.
0: <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with Detroit, and they have a cool Robocop statue that they're putting up. So for all the Detroit listeners, well, actually you guys are all gone because I bagged on you so much, but yeah, you know, yeah, Detroit
4: yeah, I heard about the Robocop statue. That's, that's a big attraction. It's yeah. kind of cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering, can you can you kind of walk me through the process? I mean, real basic, like if I wanted to wholesale at a long distance like you're doing, if I wanted mm-hmm. to pick a, a rent, you know, a market, I do my study and I realize where there's you know low price houses and people are paying more for them. I guess how does your typical day look? I mean, what do you do? As a long distance wholesaler, I mean, how, you would just start making offers or are you getting on the phone with people or are you flying out there? How does that, mm-hmm. is, what can you tell me about your day?
4: Well, my typical day is is changing a lot because I'm, uh, I'm just finishing up the four hour work week. Nice. And uh, I mean, talk about a, just a, a game changer as far as the way you think about your business. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, back when I started, I was just making a ton of offers uh, every day on HUD properties, finding the listing agent, making them directly to the listing agent.
3: Okay.
4: Uh, so they're going to know about the property. If anybody's going to know, they're going to know, um, they may tell you, Hey, uh, you know, I showed this to this person, they said they'd pay this or, you know, they're going to have an idea maybe of what you could sell it for at least to a retail buyer,
3: yep.
4: if not investor buyer. And out of those dozens and dozens of agents, you will find, eventually, you'll find that superstar that has his, his finger on the pulse of the investor market and could bring you a cash wholesale buyer too.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a really good idea. I mean, like you find that good agent, they can work both sides of that for you. Now, do they get a, do they get a commission then off of the, because the, you're doing a double close, so you're reselling it. Are they getting a commission on both those sales or how do you work that?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. And a good agent will ask to be paid well, right? For yep. for that. Yeah. So, and this guy is a good agent. So he said, "Hey, look, I want a minimum on the front, and I want this on the back." But hey, you know that was fine. He said, "I want to make sure I get a thousand on the front and two thousand on the back." Okay. That that's, and that's
1: fine. And that's all up to, all up to negotiation. I mean, it's between sure. you and the person. You want to make them happy. You want to keep them uh working hard for you and you working hard yeah. for them. I mean it, again like it, like last week uh with Aaron Mazzarillo he said, you know, real estate is a relationship game. I mean that this whole thing is relationships, right? So yep. um yeah that's key. So uh what about other than HUD ho HUD homes? Are you only doing HUD homes or have that just been what we've been focusing on in this conversation?
4: Yeah. So then uh two thousand twelve, um I mean it was it, it got to be more regular and predictable. Um You know, there was a HUD deal in there where uh, I netted about 80% of my previous year's salary with my job. Um, So,
0: in a a single deal.
4: Yeah. So, that was a disclaimer. I mean, I wasn't making a lot. I was
0: going to say, what's your salary? Because you were like a rich programmer, (laughs) uh, you know, I don't know, engineer, you know, that's pretty sexy. Made 200 grand in that wholesale (laughs)
4: flip. He was an accountant. Yeah. Right. But, but that's good. Um, you know, keep your expenses low, especially when you're starting. Yeah. I mean, it really, really helps that my wife's not going out and, uh, you know, buying Gucci stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was the one that, that gave me the belief where I thought, wow, this, you know, I could, I could do this. It wasn't beginner's luck. I could do this and I could live off of this. Um, so we are getting them accepted about once every three weeks. It's pretty predictable.
1: Do you have a ratio on how many you were offering? Like, like were you offering getting one out of 100 or one out of 20?
4: Yeah, probably one out of 100. Okay. Yeah. So then uh, we started buying them at the courthouse before HUD got them. So we'd, we'd see deals coming up. And again, this is in Mobile with a superstar agent who already had the team in place to do everything that you need to do for a courthouse deal.
1: Okay. Let, let's actually talk about that courthouse deal. Yeah. So we haven't really focused much on yeah, the we podcast haven't. with that. So, um, yeah, what is that? I mean, let, let's go real, real basic. What is, how do you buy at a courthouse? Okay. Desk, so literally? a
0: courthouse is this place <laughs> where you probably spent a lot of time as a kid, Brandon. <laughs> thank,
1: thank you. Thank you, Josh. I, I don't think yeah, you're being I, mean, interviewed though. Thank have you. they expunged those Mr. records? Or <laughs> <them? I'm, what>? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. We're, we're working that. <laughs>
4: nice, nice. All right. So our right, courthouse deals. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Courthouse. Um, yeah, so the uh, the borrower, right? They're they're in default, so they haven't paid for for three or more uh, payments, right? So they're in default or Liz pendens, and so then the uh, the lender says, "Hey, we're going to foreclose on you," and in uh, thirty days, and they put a, a notice out in the local paper, and. Then, depending on whether it's judicial or non judicial uh, foreclosure.
0: The state, of course, is going to be judicial and non judicial, right?
4: Yeah, just means the process and how long it takes. Judicial takes way longer. And then that sale is going to happen at the courthouse. They say on the courthouse steps, but it's going to be wherever, you know, they have this regular place. And the, I mean, there could be hundreds of them depending on the area. But the opening bid will usually just be announced right before the sale. So maybe the day before the sale. So that's the game changer, right? What's the opening bid? Because that's going to eliminate most of them. In other words, the opening bid will not be, I mean, there's not enough equity, right?
0: So where do you, where do you find out about the opening bid?
4: The, uh, whoever the trustee is for the sale. So they hire an attorney to conduct the sale. Or we've seen auction.com. They've been hiring auction.com to conduct the sale. Whoever it is, they, they will release the opening bid or not. It's up to them. Gotcha. Sometimes they won't even tell anybody.
1: Gotcha. So okay, you call so them up? I mean, like, do you call the trustee up and say, hey, what's the opening bid? Or do they put it online?
4: Uh, yeah, they release it. And list, and you can, you can pay for services that'll go out and gather all that stuff and, you know, send it to you. Okay. So opening bid. And then, uh, you go there and you bid just like what it sounds like an auction, only it's just, uh, some guys out there with flip-flops and tank tops, uh, <laughs> just, you know, and someone just reading a bunch of, bunch of stuff and then they'll just say the property price and, um, you know, again, most of them get canceled or postponed or just go back to the lender cause it wasn't a deal, but the ones that are a deal, you, you know, you can get some great, uh. Great deals on them. great buys.
1: No, no. go ahead, Brent. Well, I was gonna say the downside is you can't go and look at the properties ahead of time, correct? I mean, like you can't get inside the properties ahead of time, usually, right?
4: Uh, right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, if they're vacant, I mean, you know, realistically, if they're vacant, uh, you know, a door's open or a window's broken or whatever, then you go and you get in. But if they're occupied, if they're occupied, now your maximum offer goes down. true yeah yeah because you don't know what the inside that place looks like
0: and 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 i will say you know i I, we definitely don't uh encourage people to walk (laughs) into the open door of a vacant property or trespass on properties that are not theirs and we strongly (laughs) strongly warn against doing that because you can you can actually get yourself in trouble
1: you'll end up on the other side of that courthouse yes exactly (laughs) yes so so yeah
0: but uh, anyways, anyway, all right, so so you've got these properties, they're 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 vacant or, or not vacant, and and uh, you 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 may not be able to see the inside. Is, is that's the right, bottom line. Um, and uh, so that makes doing due diligence a little bit more difficult. So obviously, you have to uh, bid down, assuming that there are problems.
4: Yep, yep. But haven't you guys found that the outside of a house, the yard, et cetera, can give you a good indication of the inside? Yeah, absolutely yeah yeah so there's some of the due diligence yeah and uh yeah and in the rest of it you're just going to have to uh build into what you're comfortable paying and what you think it's worth and what you think the repairs are going to be
0: so so let's talk about like I'm, I'm standing there say it is on a courthouse steps whatever wherever the hell it is right so we're there i'm there with 25 other people and you know are 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 these things getting into just crazy bidding wars i mean what what can people really expect somebody who hasn't gone and by the way a a tip, a tip that i've got is if you've never been to one uh you need to go and and just go and watch i mean don't you know don't bring your wallet just just show up and uh, mm-hmm. you know the experience is, is one you don't want to miss but you know maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that's like
4: yeah i uh <clears throat> i went to one in a number of them in mobile and you know i've been to here where i live in eugene but uh that's a great tip what josh said great place to find buyers oh, great yeah. place to find private lenders um and just go and watch and you'll see other people that are just going to kind of watch and i don't know about a lot of markets but in mobile there's only two buyers when it comes down to it you get a few random people but it's only two guys—the guy I've worked with and the and the other guy—and <laughs> you know that's it. are going to and it. that's all you
1: really need. You don't need a million buyers like we've talked about. You don't need a thousand buyers right. on your. Well, list.
0: you're you're talking end buyers, right? You're not talking about there's two people buying at the courthouse steps. You're you're talking about there's two people buying the properties from the guys who get the properties from the courthouse steps. So that's if that's confusing to anyone. It was confusing to me too, but. You're talking the the end buyers for the I wholesale.
4: Know. I'm talking about the bidders. I, I oh, that. oh, I'm way off. All there's right. only two I'm guys. Pulling oh, draw. yeah.
0: Everybody yeah. giving me eyeballs here, and I was totally <laughs> on the ball, Brandon. Um, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, well, you're, you're the I one see. guy. You're one of the, the, the guys, obviously. Right. And, right. And, 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 and so there's literally two investors in Mobile who are buying property.
4: Yeah. So it's half a million. Not after the show. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Half a million population you know, and, and really you have two buyers. Now, part of that is legal stuff. I mean, there's some guys that got in big trouble cause they were, they were bid rigging. Uh, in other words, they were going beforehand and saying, Hey, look, you bid on this one, I'll bid on that one. Hmm. And those guys, I mean, they're, they ended up in prison. Wow, nice. So that cleared out it cleared out a bunch of the competition.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, that's crazy. So, all right. So the two of you guys are literally punching each other in the face at every auction. And there's like five people just gawking at it. Is that kind of what it's all about or, or are other people not bidding? What, what, what's the deal?
4: Yeah. Not so much the punk in the punch in the face, more the <laughs> technique I told you earlier. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, yeah, they're bidding, and and I mean, everybody's got their own set of buyers. So they may have more land landlord buyers for the low end Section Eight stuff, and uh, you know maybe the other guy has more buyers for the you know maybe some of the higher end stuff. And sometimes they're crossing over and competing.
0: Okay. Got so, yeah. well, you know, really quick, so that that's actually an interesting thing, right? You go to the courthouse. Say you watch for a couple of weeks and you see who's bidding on what, you know. Then you you obviously now know, hey, this guy's always going to bid on the multis. This guy's always going to bid on this. This, yeah. uh, and you find the niche where there's not a lot of competition, yeah. and and uh, you know start working it.
4: Yeah, you
1: got it. Yeah, that's awesome. I I don't know what nobody's ever. I've never even heard that before. The suggestion of you know meeting your buyers and your uh I mean, I read a lot of real estate books, and I've never heard people really advocate that go to the courthouse, bring your business cards, and just network and I love that idea like
0: it's a good idea, but if you read bigger pockets, you would know about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of this site bigger pockets before yeah <laughs> uh, you know,
4: the nine thousand word articles sometimes it's harder yes, to get the, through
1: <laughs> Thank you, Travis, for You're sticking up for that. me.
4: And, yeah.
0: yeah. No, but right. it is. a It's a very good. Uh, it's a very good piece of advice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome.
1: I only went to one ever in my county and there was uh, like two guys were there and one was like a lawyer down from Seattle. Who had driven, he drove three hours to say I don't know what the word he said, but he had to, he had to say something out loud at the courthouse steps and then turned off and walked. He drove yeah two hours down or whatever it was and then said two or three words and drove back. And uh, awesome. he said he does that every week. Like for to random places. I don't know what it like he has to like file something. I don't know what it was, but anyway, and then the other guy was there was watching. So nobody bid on anything at my courthouse. Nothing. It was just sitting there. And I thought, man, I really should be taking advantage of this, but I don't I don't know it. Hence the reason I'm putting these questions to you. Like yeah. I wrote these down because I want to know. I, I'm missing out on something. There's an opening in my area. So yeah. anyway, yeah. all right. So you put an offer, uh, you're bidding with this guy and you tell the the auctioneer that you're gonna pay forty thousand. Nobody else tops you, and uh, what happens next?
4: So we, um, so we win the bid. Now you got to fund it day of. That's a big. I mean, it's. I guess I'd say a hurdle, but uh, it's good because it eliminates competition. Yep. You have to fund it that day, cashier's check. Uh, that's it. So if you are using that eliminates most. Most private money, hard money. They're going to want to see clear title. They're going to want to be on a note and mortgage. So, what we did is we put together a prospectus for private lenders uh, along with a video that said, Hey, look, this is what we're doing. And we're basically in need of line of credit. So, it's really not going to be secured by a specific property until a few days after uh, we, we pay for the property and get title. Uh, are you okay with that? You know, some are and some aren't. Uh, do we just take the ones that are and we have to have that cash the day of to be able to pay for the property. And then we can put them on a note mortgage um, when we get the title for it.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You, you mentioned something you, you, you talked about clear title. Uh, when you, when you go and buy a REO foreclosure from the bank, uh, th- those come with a with a clear title so you know you're getting a property you don't have to worry about secondary liens or anything like that uh, however at the courthouse that's not the case um so you know let's let's talk about that and how do you learn about uh, what's going on on these properties and uh, because I, I, you know, I remember when I first started investing, I, I heard all these horror stories. You know, you'd have these investors who were like, "Oh my God, that's a screaming deal! I'm gonna go! I'm gonna go! I'm gonna get it!" And they get it, and they get it at a great price, a really, really good price. Except it's not a really, really good price because it doesn't take into consideration all the liens on the property that they now have to take care of. So, you know, for anyone listening, you know, pay close attention to this because, you know, th- that's this is the biggest danger I think to to bidding on properties at auction other than not being able to see them are are these liens. So, uh talk about those.
4: Yeah, again, just back to what Brandon said relationships. So, uh, a title company and specifically the attorney there who can do a prelim a preliminary title uh search or report for us. And, you know, frankly, most of the time, if there's stuff that he just says, boy, you know, I'm not sure about this, but I, I anything like that, we just say, leave it alone. We're not going to do it. But most of them he says, yeah, yeah, looks fine. Now, I've never had a problem. Um, the agent I was, I'm talking about in Alabama has never had a problem. He's been doing it for six years, but I'm sure somebody could, if they didn't know what they were doing and yeah. have that good relationship. So that's how we that's how we deal with that. We haven't had a problem yet.
0: So well, what what does that mean? So uh, you, you find a property that, you know, they do the preliminary and mm-hmm. maybe they they find a couple of liens on it. You know, uh, d- d- when you say there's no problem, does that mean there's no liens?
4: Yeah, most of them we do are no liens or it's a mechanics liens look, they put in HVAC and... It's seven grand. We say, Well, that sounds crazy. Seven grand for HVAC for this little place. So if we have time, right, we can go and and say, Hey, you know, will they take a thousand? We see if there's if there's some way to to deal with that. If not, by the sale, we let it go. And if the sale doesn't happen, it just goes back to lender, we can still go after it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so ultimately it's up to you to you're, you're doing some underground due diligence before you even get to the auction. You found out about these liens. You've reached out to whoever's put the lien on the property, and you try and negotiate it. And once, you know, based upon that, then you you proceed forward or you don't.
4: Yep. Got, got it. it.
1: Got it. Nice. Yeah. Did, you, did you say you – do you pay for those preliminary title reports, or is that just relationship-free, like relationship-based? Yeah, relationship. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I guess you never get, you never know that if you can get that unless you ask. So again, yeah, uh, I'm going to call up <laughs> last week, there was something I had to call the title company about and I'll do it again this week. So. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Title companies really need, are, are kind of the best friend of, of, uh, investors. I mean, you really yeah. want to be in with those guys because they'll, they, first of all, as an agent, they love you. They love agents. Agents can ask title for anything. They'll buy you lunch. They'll buy you dinner. They'll, <laughs> You know, as long as you keep sending them business, they're happy with that. But, uh, you know, same for investors. You know, if you're going to bring business to, uh, you know, a single title company, they're going to be very happy to, to work with you. Yeah. You know, just be honorable, you know, don't, don't shop to 20 title companies, you know, find one that you're happy with and work with them and, and be solid and and you'll get everything you need.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, the courthouse is, uh, I mean, it can be a good source of entertainment, too. So it's not just. (laughs) Oh, yes.
0: Sounds like there's a story. So uh, let's let's hear it.
4: (laughs) We go down there and there's this place and uh, it was one family member foreclosing on the other family member. Oh, (laughs) and so they're standing off on two sides and it's, you know, the mom and one of the brothers and the other brothers on the other side. And this tiny little lady's she's crying.
2: I mean, crying, the not crying, (laughs) sobbing, but just reading it
4: off. And, uh, so
0: <laughs> I'm like, you know, this guy's evil. He's laughing at the, the old lady cry. All right. We're talking about the crier. We're talking about the auction little, runner.
4: Little lady. Yeah. So she, she's reading it. it. ends up not, not, uh, you know, it goes back to the lender. They're just, so we're there and, 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 uh, you know, my partner goes up, says, gives him the card says, Hey, you know, uh, if I can help you out, um, just let me know. He says he says uh, I've got about I think it went for 120 or something he says I got about eighty thousand dollars cash in a duffel bag in my trunk <laughs> and we we're just like what <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what so, I mean, so it would say was sorry I mean the sales already happened to I me mean, that's it's not how it works so at his office later that afternoon he calls up and he says he says I found a, a friend to give me another fifteen thousand dollars he said So I took all that cash and I just laid it out all over my bedroom. And me and my old lady were just going to roll around in it because we never seen that much cash before. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You never know what you'll find. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah. That's funny.
2: Always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from at the lowest price, it's easy to find your favorite Cabernet, Chardonnay, or maybe you're more of a whiskey drinker. Well, one of their single barrel bourbons is sure to please. With a little help from one of their friendly guides, find the perfect bottle that's just right for you. Hosting friends or family and don't have time to shop in store? Well, that's no problem because Total Wine & More makes it easy to get everything you need for any occasion with curbside pickup and delivery. But you know what the best thing about shopping at Total Wine & More is? That every bottle comes with the confidence of knowing you just found something amazing. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. That's TotalWine.com. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21.
0: All right. So so courthouse, the process, you know, there's a couple things to, to look out for. You make your offer. You've got to have cash in some way, shape, or form. You've got to be able to close on it. And, uh, you know, when, once you've uh, acquired those properties, then, then you've got to look at your exit strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yep. Are you
1: are you wholesaling or holding these or flipping?
4: Yeah, so uh, we've wholesaled them, and again, that's you know same strategy as any other way you acquired them. Uh, and now we're at the part where I started making mistakes. I right? and, and that's my, the stuff we like to hear
1: here.
3: Yeah, it's good.
4: <laughs> my first mistake was uh, I started rehabbing, and I, I mean, I really didn't. Like if I just read that book Flip, I would have, I would have either not done the deals or done them totally differently. But you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. I started rehabbing some of these, and my partner didn't have a lot of experience rehabbing either. In other words, the the guy who's an agent who bid on them and and, we're not talking about moral, ethical, dishonest. We're talking about expertise here or ability. So you know, he said, okay, we're gonna rehab this thing. And I said, go for it. I had no I mean, I wasn't looking at repair estimates. I was not interviewing contractors. I wasn't looking at pictures. I was not um I was not giving them draws and then inspecting their work to release the next draw and all those things that a good rehabber does, I was not doing. <laughs> so I mean we had two that we went just blew the rehab way just in the stratosphere cost and um i mean it, it was bad so <laughs> a lot of a lot of tips there specifically related to rehabbing yeah
0: so you lost it sounds like you lost money on these guys yeah yeah At the end?
4: yeah lost okay. money on one was able to finally sell it took nine months uh lost money on that and then the other one man we couldn't i and we ended up selling it with seller financing just mm. to to get it gone. Yeah, um, and we will end up taking the full loss when we when the the note balloons in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. So so despite acquiring these properties at a, at a good price, uh, you, you still kind of ate crow, and that was all on just not getting those numbers right it was all on the estimating portion of the puzzle and well it sounds like i mean the releasing of the draw probably didn't you know end up screwing you up on the bottom line but you know the estimation was was pretty much the the fatal fatal blow here yeah
4: yeah the conversation was pretty much um how much do you think it'll cost to fix it up what's this and uh you know, the end of the conversation was how much did you spend well, it was double. I mean, that, that was, that was how it went.
0: So how do you end up spending double? I mean, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to dig in and make you feel bad. I'm just, yeah. you know, I, because I think a lot of people can learn from this and I'm oh, sure yeah. you're not the only one who's, well, <coughs> who's going to listen to this. Who's yeah. <laughs> Clearly yeah. Brandon's made that mistake before. Um, oh, yeah. I've, i think I've, I've, tri- i think I've tripled my budget. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Anyway. yeah. 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 So h- how, you know, how do you, how does that happen, um, and how do you avoid it happening?
4: Mm-hmm. The The name of the house, I won't say the name of the house, but it was uh, also a, a woman's name. And my partner and I said, there's no risk of us ever naming our daughters after that. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we didn't want to hear that name again. But um, how it happens is um, probably in the first place, you know, I, I doubt we even got repair estimates or or bids or quotes from more than one contractor. I think we probably said, Hey, look, John said he can do it for 25 grand. And he went in there and he spent 25 grand and he was halfway done. he said, I I need another 25 grand. Mm. So we gave him another 25 grand.
0: Yeah.
4: And then he said, okay, I'm, I'm done.
0: Well, how do you how do you not let that happen? So you know how do you get to oh snap! I just spent twenty five grand, and he's he's only halfway done. How, do, how did how somebody prevent that? Um, what what do they do?
4: Yeah, so we would have got three at least different contractors and said okay. So John still says twenty five, but here's Bob that says fifty, and now here's Joe that maybe he says forty five. So now we say, "Whoa, 25 doesn't look doesn't look right anymore." Maybe we, you know, we're going to look at them line by line and say, "Okay, what are they each saying here?" And then we're going to go back to our ARV, our after repaired value, our eventual selling price, and say, "Okay, what do we need to do to get this this price?" And I think, and again, I don't know everything that we did, which is part of the problem, because I wasn't managing it or somebody wasn't managing it, but I think we did a lot of things that didn't translate to selling it for more. Gotcha. Obviously,
0: gotcha. You know? And I, I think that's, that's great advice, you know, on the, on the, uh, on the bids, you know, uh, the, that low bid, you know, is, is, it, especially in this case, it's, it's an outlier, right? So if it were three bids, it was 40, 45 and 50, you know, okay. The low bid is a little lower, but you know, less of an outlier than 25, uh, versus the 40 and 45. So that's a big fat red flag for anybody, you know? Yeah. We're all inclined to be cheapos as, as investors, but you know, you don't want to, you don't want to go for that, that guy who's super underbidding everybody because there's something not right. Probably. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I I know this isn't, uh, you know, interview Brandon, but if I could share a quick story, um, of a lesson I just learned on the exact same thing that you just went through. So I remodeled this little house. I mean, tiny house, 350 square feet. It's a studio house. And I got this contractor, brand new, never used him before. And he did really, really good work. But it took him three months to finish this little 300-square-foot house. Three months. And the thing I learned is I thought, oh, a little project, whatever. It was only originally, I think, a ten grand budget, somewhere around there. And uh, what I didn't do is I didn't have periodic draws that were defined ahead of time. Had I said, when you get the flooring done, you get this amount. When you get this done, you get this amount. Because that would have encouraged him to go faster and to stay on budget. Because, and then if he wasn't on budget after the first draw, if he was double then, then I know he's going to be double the whole project. And he, we ended up about 50% over budget, which on 10 grand, I think we spent 15. So it wasn't the end of the world. But, you know, that's five grand that I no longer have on that property because of it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, well so on that right on on the on the draws between the both of you or, or you know Travis because we care about him uh, <laughs> deeply yeah uh, what you know I'm I'm gonna go and do my first flip I find a house I get it I got it I'm good right now it's time to start you know I got the interviews I found the guy that that, that I want to do the job the the contractor how do you arrange payments what are you doing? Are you giving X amount up front? And then what are the, what are the periodic draws look like? What's kind of your, your standard deal that you've been doing?
4: Well, the other piece of the puzzle is whoever's going to be selling the property or whoever is the expert. I mean, it could be you, could be an agent. They should be part of that conversation too. Yeah. So you're all looking at, because a contractor may or may not have the expertise as to the rehab level for the neighborhood so they may say granite countertops the agent says granite countertops are not going to get you a penny more yeah uh, so they're all part of that discussion so you go through there and then you all agree look this is what we're going to do this is how much it's going to cost this is how long it's going to take and we're going to give you 50 percent now and 50 percent when you're done or by thirds or however depending you know it's a bigger yeah. amount divide it up more and the way you're going to get the next draw is whoever's going to be selling it, we'll just say the agent, they're going to take pictures and they're going to say, yeah, this is what we talked about, right? And all three of you are going to say, yep, this is what we talked about. And they say, okay, here's here's the draw all the way to completion. Yeah, this is what we talked about. This is ready to sell in this market for this price right now, Yep. instead of- you know, the contractor's doing his thing and whoever's going to sell it's doing their thing and the investor's doing their thing, you know, and then nobody, nobody really knows what the other's doing.
1: Yeah. And like, and like you said, I mean, it's the relationship thing and that's where you find a good agent to work with. I love that idea of, of, um, I work really close with my agent on the same thing. Uh, I don't, I've never had him take the pictures and I kind of like that idea. It's kind of putting the, uh, putting the requirement on him kind of makes me not the bad guy, but I you know I like that, but, uh, yeah. If I were to do mine over again, I'd probably do i i probably i paid for materials I just put it on a home depot card and get the twelve months no interest or whatever it was so I bought all the materials at one big chunk up front. I probably would have offered the guy a thousand dollars up front you know just so he could pay his guys or whatever um and then probably divided the rest over four payments one each week and he should have been done at the end of the month like that's probably should i I should
0: have structured it, but yeah next time. Well there you go. There's there you go. two different two, two different ways to divvy it up, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, listen. So so let's talk about, you know, a little bit more about kind of your process and and then we're we're going to kind of start speeding through it cuz we're we're run, starting to run out of time here. Yeah. Um how many hours a week do you think you put in uh, on your uh, on your uh, business right now and I know you're reading the uh, the work week book but uh, <laughs> yeah. What what are you what were you putting in? What are you putting in?
4: Yeah. Well, I discovered again from reading the book. Um, eh, I discovered that I was spending a ton of time on stuff that either w- didn't make me any money or somebody else could do. But I felt like, man, I need to be busy because when I had a job, I always had to be busy, or else I got in trouble. Yeah. So I got to always be busy, um, and so I've discovered. Wow, you know. I, I'm really, it really doesn't take too long to do the things that only I can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what were those, I mean, what were those things, some of the things that you, you cut out?
4: Sure. Uh, email and phone calls. Um, I mean, those are probably the two biggest ones. So you don't
0: talk to anybody and you don't even email. (laughs) Travis is a loner. (laughs) (laughs) You all you have to do is knock (laughs) on his door. Like, like we do at Brandon's house. Yeah. All day. Right. All right. So, so, I mean, what, what portion of email and and phone calls, what are we uh, specifically talking about?
4: Well, most of it was again, just thinking, Oh, this, you know, I should, I should get an email on this. I should get an email, you know, every time somebody comments on my bigger pockets, you know, comment or, or whatever. Um, And it was just, I mean, there were days that's all I spent on. And it's a great idea, deposit? by the way. it's a really good <laughs> idea
0: i mean i I don't know what you're talking about, but that's
4: <laughs> i I think that's
0: fantastic right,
4: right yeah, there's a balance yeah but um of course. you know just just talking to spending all kinds of time with people if 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 I talked to ria, you know people would call call and say hey i I heard you speak at the ria and it just like they had no agenda for the call and um so it ended up being like a counseling session
0: yeah yep hey and you know i i i think i think i know what you're talking about because you know i've kind of got a uh a self policy which is you know if somebody's like hey josh let's hop on a call i will never i i don't answer calls from people i don't know and i don't hop on calls i i just don't do it because it inevitably my week is gone if I do that. So, you know, if I'm going to talk to somebody, I literally, they have to email me and tell me what are we talking about? What's the agenda? What's, what's the point? Because, you know, next thing you know, you've spent an hour on the phone with somebody and you're like, Oh, where did that hour go? I just wasted an hour of my, I helped somebody. That's great. You know, but I could have done that in two sentences responding to an email question. You know, it's very Tim
1: Ferriss of him, isn't it? Travis.
0: That's that's right. You, you read the all, book. all that, and I didn't even read the book. I know. So. Really?
1: Yeah. You're already four-hour wow. week Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, what other, what other like, you, you talk a little bit about, um you and I did before, uh, technology, things that you're using yeah. to kind of make your business run smoother. I guess, can you mm-hmm. share any examples of that?
4: Sure. Yeah. So I used a, a virtual assistant to submit the HUD bids. And what I mean by that is, Uh, the VA can go on to hudhomestore.com. They can search according to my criteria. They can export the properties to an Excel and they, they can come up with a list for the agent, Um, you know, case numbers and bid amounts. Okay. So that's, that's a lot of spreadsheet work. It's a lot of website, website spreadsheet work, Um, something that they can do really efficiently for a few bucks an hour.
1: Now, that seems, I mean, if you're going to be putting offers on these properties and you're going to have earnest money on the line for all of them, to me, it just seems a little bit nerve wracking to give that to somebody that you don't, I mean, that you're paying what, three, four five, whatever dollars an hour to overseas. Yeah. How do you know you're, I guess, how do you know what you're doing is correct, I guess is what I'm wondering.
4: Well, I did it myself first. I mean, I, I'm not teaching or giving the VA anything to do that I haven't done. So, I mean, there's quite a few checks and balances in place there, and again, you wouldn't do this often, but if you get an offer accepted that you don't want, all you do is you don't send the earnest money in. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, now I'm not saying do that a whole bunch, because of course you're going to lose credibility with everybody, but that's the worst case scenario. You get get an offer accepted and something something's wrong then you just don't send their earnest money
1: because it's not binding until they have the earnest money. Right. Or at least that's not,
4: right.
1: uh, not a deal until they get that. I don't yeah. know how you'd call that. I'm not, I'm not sure how the legalities work of the HUD, but yeah. Um, you're not going to be out
4: anything if you didn't submit the money yet. Yeah. Yeah. They just cancel it. And that's, that's it.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I mean, that's very, that, that whole thing is very E myth, right? I mean like you're making a system, mm-hmm. uh, you're making your whole business into systems with different moving parts that all work well together so that you can pull yourself out of that system. I mean, that's, again, comes back to the same idea we've had a lot of guests talk about on the show is the business aspect of running your business. And uh, that seems to be one thing that you're you're doing really well and you're improving upon. So um, kudos to you for that. So, uh, all right, well uh, we, we got to get moving. Uh, <laughs> buy and hold, do you do any of that yet? Uh, why or why not? And will you?
4: Yeah. Good question. Um, The answer to that is probably by accident. I, (laughs) if I was honest, so uh, right now we're holding properties that we wanted to either wholesale or fix and flip, and we weren't able to. Okay,
0: so you have an alternative to your exit strategy, which is buy and hold.
4: Yeah, yeah. So we've done. uh, We've got a few that we did a short term lease option on to get around the ninety day anti flip Mm -hmm. uh, for you know, the, the deed restriction. And then, like I mentioned, the other one, we were weren't able to sell retail. So we seller financed it. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, on a note, but it's got a year or a uh, two year balloon.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, knowing, knowing how to get out of these deals is, is definitely, uh, something important. Uh, so you don't end up holding the bag and not knowing what to do. Right.
4: You got it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we, and I do we, go ahead. Sorry.
4: Oh, I want to, I mean, originally my goal was and I I want to keep that that goal of of holding one out of every ten properties. Got it.
0: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And and really quickly, we we talk about exit strategies a lot in uh the Ultimate Beginners Guide. Um that uh, if 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 anyone hasn't read it, definitely uh check that out. It's biggerpockets.com slash UBG uh for Ultimate Beginners Guide. Uh, also, just to rehash, this is show 38 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And if you want uh, to check out the show notes, please do so at BiggerPockets.com slash show 38. Uh, with that, I think we should... It's uh, time
4: for the fire round.
0: Yeah, that's scary, Brandon. Thanks. I try. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, you f- noticed
4: that Brandon looks like he's kind of got a Fu Manchu... <laughs> Uh, mustache when he goes down over the mic there like that yeah yeah right there
0: yeah 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 it's kind of awesome yeah you know I, I, <laughs> I,
1: I once had a fu manchu like it was blonde back in the college, college so i colored in with mascara it, okay you really don't want to admit
0: this in front of oh it, gets, know, better. 13, it gets better Thirteen thousand. plus I had people a
1: mullet raging black mullet that went down i don't know down the back i mean i did it on purpose it was college we do stupid things So for the fun of it... I didn't didn't have a mullet in college. All the cool guys have mullets in college. Did you get it permed in back, too? (laughs) (laughs) It naturally curls, all right? I have naturally curly hair. But I did dye it black. Um, Anyway, long story. I got my girlfriend, who's now my wife, during that time.
0: So it worked. You met your wife during the mullet phase? I didn't
1: didn't meet her, but I asked her out during the mullet phase. And she said yes? She's the one who cut my hair into the mullet. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was a friend that cut my hair, uh, and then, yeah. Awesome. Anyway, long story. We'll could, talk about can that. Can we, some we other get day. back to the fire round? All right, fire round. Yeah. All right. Uh, these all came from the bigger pockets forums. So mm-hmm. we're just gonna fire them at you, and you're gonna fire them back at us. Number one, if you could only do one thing—flipping, wholesaling, or buy and hold—for the rest of your life, what would you choose, and why? Mm,
4: uh, wholesaling because, boy, low risk. Uh, you can do volume and you can put systems in place i think for more than you could with those other strategies.
0: Okay. Right on. Yeah. What about condos? Would you uh would you buy another condo for either flipping, wholesaling or buy and hold and and uh well, just answer that first.
4: No. Why not? Because of the HOA. I went to went to one meeting and it was like a mini a US Congress. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one meeting, there was one guy. All he said the whole time was, "Who authorized this? Who authorized this?" <laughs> and and that other, was me. <laughs> and oh, then other board member just sat there crying. And that just went on for an hour.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, i i am not uh, I am not a huge fan of uh, dabbling in the <laughs> condo or not even condos, like properties that exist in an HOA. You know, scare me. Uh, co-ops, even more like co-ops, I think are've I've got a friend who's been uh, who's got an apartment that he's been selling in New York City. and I can't tell you what an just enormous pain in the backside it is to have to negotiate with a bunch of old folks who you know whose power comes from owning a property and managing. You know, who gets to live there and who doesn't get to live there? Because, HUD, you know, the fair housing rules don't apply to co-ops. It's it's like, oh, that guy. Well, geez, he looks like this. We can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, co-ops, man. Scary, scary stuff. All right. Amen. Rant over.
1: <laughs> All right. What was the
0: question? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I didn't ask it yet.
0: The question was, Brandon.
1: Yeah. What is yeah. How right. do you find a good contractor?
4: Good contractor. Wow. Um, boy, I don't know that I've found a good contractor yet. (laughs) Um, but I'll put that on, you know, that's my fault, not, not the contractor's fault. Um, just interviewing, getting references, getting current references, you know, who, what was your last job? Um, can, can I talk to them? Um, what jobs are you on now? Can I talk to them? Boy, that's, that's about all I know as far as finding a good contractor.
0: Hey, can I bounce off that for a second? I know it's a yeah. fire round, and I, I always tend to screw it up. But <laughs> they, they were doing a flip in my neighborhood, and uh, I, I I walked over one day and was was talking to to one of the contractors, and I I was like, Hey, guys, what's going on? You know, I've noticed it's it's taken a little longer than it should be. You know, what's the deal? They're like, Yeah, well, we're flipping another property at the same time, and. I was just like, wait, wait a second. So you're literally simultaneously doing, well, you know, and some contractors can do that, but this was like the, this was, you know, a team of like two people or three people and they were all, all on one site or all on the other site. And, and, and that scared the hell out of me. I was like, my God, you know, that's, that that would be horrifying to experience because suddenly the the 30 day flip is the uh, 90 day Brandon flip.
1: That's why mm-hmm. I think mine took so long. I think he was doing another project. He
4: said he wasn't, well, but
0: I think well, so does. what do you, you know? What do you do to to avoid that? I mean that that's just something I I'm it's over my head. What do you do?
4: And the only thing I can think of there is, and again, is this enforceable? Probably not. Right. But sign some kind of agreement. Then hey, listen, you're going to be having this many people on the job this This amount of time, if you go over, it's going to cost you this much per day uh beyond what we talked about. I mean, I would just have an upfront conversation with them too say, "Hey, hey, hey look, is this the only job you're working on? Yeah, do you have enough guys? Um, if you don't, that's okay just just tell me I may or may not use you, but if you if you say you don't and, and you do or vice versa, this is going to be the only job that you work on for me."
0: I think I think having those deadlines and, and having penalties in there potentially um, might work. I, I I know we've we've kind of talked about this on the site and the contractors go go crazy and they're like hell no, um, but uh, you know if they want the job, I guess.
4: Cool. All right, let's move on.
0: Okay, so how do you find a good private lender? I know you you've talked about working with them. What uh, what advice do you have on that?
4: Well, um, I learned this from a guy who raised five million dollars in private money. And what he said is he said, go and talk to people. I mean, of course, one-on-one, but he he talked about groups, whether it's a a RIA or a landlord association, and just tell them what you do and and how you do it. Just briefly, don't pitch them. Don't ask them for money. Just tell them what you're doing. I'm buying these houses at deep discounts. Um, I'm putting tenants in them, whatever you're doing. And then just let them know if they want more information, you know, that they can contact you and people will want to invest with you if you have credibility, they like what you're doing and, uh, you'll be more effective than if you go up front and say, Hey, look, I'm raising money. Yeah. So is
1: that one of the reasons you mentioned that you go to different real estate agencies and you kind of basically talk about the, uh, guide the guide to working with investors for agents you kind of talk about how to work with them is that why is that kind of part of the, your strategy
4: yeah it, that that article um cuz i'd spoken at rias and at uh real estate agencies before but when i read that article i thought hey this is perfect cuz i can go to real estate agencies and say hey look i'm going to i'm going to do something um a class or a presentation whatever you want to call it that'll help agents work with investors or work better with investors or not work with investors if they decide they don't want to. I'm not there to sell them on the idea. I'm, I'm there just to help them make the decision. And I will find that way. I'll find buyers. I'll find sellers. I'll find private money by by networking. And the article worked great. I mean, I just took the article, made it into a presentation.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next question. If your goal is to make two thousand dollars a month in passive income, how do you make it happen in seven years? That's the, that was the form question in seven years. You need to have 2000 a month in passive income starting now. Like what's your plan to do that?
4: Hmm. 2000 a month in, in seven years. Yeah. Um, I would probably do one of two things which would be similar, but I'd, I'd, uh, hold some property either with seller financing or just as a straight rental or, or lease option. Um, I mean two thousand dollars in figure a couple hundred bucks per right you're not talking about a lot of properties that's only ten properties yeah in in seven years that's i mean i I'd say in seven years you could probably do that with them uh you know mostly paid for yeah um depending on where you're buying but uh yeah, that's what I would do
0: okay cool right on yeah. right on what 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 is uh Last but not least, what is your version of the perfect deal?
4: The perfect deal. Uh, Perfect deal is you got a motivated seller. Uh, You're able to get the property at a price that's uh, low enough that if you had to turn around and sell it tomorrow on the MLS, you would still at least break even after paying all your closing costs, commissions, front end, back end, everything. and it's a property that you can have multiple exit strategies with. So you could wholesale it, you can fix it up and flip it, you could rent it, um, you could turnkey. I mean, all those available. So it's a three-two bread and butter. It's not crazy high end, crazy low end, it's not in the in a war zone. Perfect deal.
0: Cool. Got it. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, let's let's uh very quickly move on to our famous, famous four. four.
1: All right, these famous. are the famous four questions. Famous,
0: let's famous four. The eyeballs, eyeballs. We're getting eyeballed. <laughs> he, do, right. he doesn't like your, your your barbershop. Your, yeah, yeah. That's you know, awesome. I
1: used That's to awesome. be in a barbershop quartet. Anyway, Josh, yeah. take
4: us on. Let's, yeah, let's famous four.
0: All right, what is your favorite real estate book? And I'm guessing I know it. Flip.
4: Yeah, Flip like and Millionaire Real Estate Investor. We talk about without all the hype. I think those are there's hardly any hype in there. I yeah. mean, I just, I read those probably each one took me a month and I put in, I put together manuals based on that training, everything for, for myself and or employees. Cause it's so specific and so detailed. It's, those are great. Fabulous. Cool. All right. Favorite
0: right. uh, non-real estate book? Did I was that was that your question? I'm gonna that take wasn't it. was my though. question. Take it. Yeah, yeah. Fine. What's your favorite non-real okay. estate book? Favorite yeah. favorite one. What is it? Quick,
4: quick. Uh, business. I'd say Four Hour Work Week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, another. Chalk it up for Brandon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take your question then. Hobbies, Travis. Do you have any uh, hobbies? What do you do for fun?
4: Yeah. Well, like I I said uh, when I was. In between middle school and high school, uh, Kempo Karate. Um, that's been been for years one of my favorite things. But anything outside, racquetball, tennis, hiking, yes. any of that stuff. So, and
0: and Kempo is is the style with the, the big old sticks, right? That's Kendo. Oh, that's Kendo.
4: <laughs> yeah. No. Kempo. Kempo. Gotcha. I do
1: Kempo yeah. X with the Insanity workout. I've uh, heard about that. I haven't yeah. seen it.
4: But uh, yeah, it's a good
0: I, that. I don't know uh-huh. how similar it is, but anyway, I was kind of excited about the the kendo because you know, <laughs> yeah, like Star Wars, like lightsabers. I just read are now pretty much a reality, and and so like I could imagine doing kendo with like these lasers, and that would be. Okay. Okay. Nobody's <laughs> are,
4: you gonna, are you one of those guys that gets in line and, and reenacts lightsaber battles? He I that, you know that
0: fat kid from the video on YouTube yep. back in the day where he was spazzing out? That yeah was. that was, that, that, was that was definitely not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Final question. What do you believe sets apart the successful uh, wholesalers or flippers uh, from those who never really gain traction?
4: it's action. Um, I mean, there's good people. You guys have all met them. Nice people. They mean well, but we've all seen people that have been a member at the RIA or whatever group. And they went to the seminar, they read the books and they just haven't done anything.
1: Yep. Yep. Cool.
0: Hey, listen, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. We, we really do appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, I, I, uh, I know folks will look forward to uh, asking you any questions that they've got on, uh, on the show notes at uh, biggerpockets.com slash show 38. And I know you'll be there happy to answer them. Uh, hopefully answering those emails that do come in uh, with, with alerts uh, this time. <laughs> uh, but uh, listen, thanks so much for being on the, on the show with us. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. I, I told Brandon, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm still learning. And I've just had some great teachers. So really thankful. That was awesome. That's well, what hope, bigger pockets uh, is all about.
0: He's clearly talking about people other than Brandon and I. So. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Clearly. All, all right. right. Well, thank and you, Travis. Thank you so much, Travis. Yeah. Thanks. All right, guys. That was our show with Travis Daggett. Man, there was a lot of good info in there, wasn't there, Mr. Brandon?
1: There was a lot of good info in there. Um I especially uh especially wanted to wanted to learn more about the whole buying at the courthouse thing. So yeah. That's cool. So I'm yeah, gonna, that was good. I'm gonna go back to mine again. I haven't done it in probably a year and a half, two years. I haven't been there. So
0: nice, yeah. Do it, man. And the, and the HUD stuff is cool. I was yeah. I was uh, flipping around on the HUD Home Store site and it looks kind of interesting. So uh, hopefully our listeners will will uh, dig around if they haven't done so already. Uh, but uh, listen, let's wrap this thing up. As always, uh, guys, don't forget to leave your favorite quote from today's show on uh, social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or G+, using the hashtag BiggerPockets and uh, get a chance to win a free six-month uh, BiggerPockets Pro account. Uh, thank you again for those of you who have left us reviews on iTunes. That's uh, especially awesome. And uh, those ratings and reviews are very helpful to spread the word. So please keep doing that if you haven't already. Um, come connect with us on uh, G+, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook Facebook. Um, if you are not already following us on those channels, please do so. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, definitely start connecting and growing your business by engaging on the BiggerPockets forums at uh, biggerpockets.com forums where there's just a ton of incredible content shared every day. Finally, uh, as always, uh, if you've got any questions for Travis, Make sure to uh, leave them for him. Questions, comments, feedback, anything, leave them for him on the show notes at biggerpockets.com/slash/show38. And uh, keep listening, keep learning, keep making things happen, guys. I'm uh, Josh Dorkin, signing off.
1: You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Here to join the millions of others who have benefited
2: from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own.